You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. As we come to you today for a very special episode, you're looking at this going, "Hey, it's Third Watch Day. Why am I downloading a different episode?" Well, it's first of a two-parter that we're bringing to you today on our third watch day because it's a special, special episode for the very first time here on the Oz Network. We can bring you an episode of ER, uh, the greatest medical show to ever be a medical show. None of this Grey's Anatomy shit, none of Chicago Hope, none of this Chicago Med and all these other kind of ones. This is the one. This is it. This is a granddaddy. This is a George Clooney launching platform. This is the Noah Wiley launching platform, the Julianne Marguerite. I can never say her name probably, but you know who I'm talking about. The Eric LaSalle. Everyone's great that's come from the show. Anthony Edwards is better in this than he ever was in Top Gun. My goodness, what a show, ER. But um, this, of course, is the first part of a special ER Third Watch crossover event that happened in 2002. So this is the eighth season of ER, the 19th episode of the eighth season, called Brothers and Sisters. This aired on April 25th, Anzac Day for our Australian New Zealand listeners, 2002. This was written by R. Scott Gemmell, directed by Nelson McCormick. And I will say straight away that my name is Ben. And did someone say sex? <laughs> and I will say my name's Darvell. And yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a quote. But oh well. Oh well. Um, this. Oh well. It, yeah. Ex- I'm I'm excited to be covering ER too. It's another. It's another one of my. It's another really really good show from this time. It was still. It still hadn't gone to shit at this point. Look. And yeah. It's it's interesting because I think kind of we've got to talk about the fact that this episode we say right now shouldn't go for that long because we're really only going to focus on the third. We'll quickly cover random ER bits, but I think it's interesting that I feel if we ever do cover ER properly from start to finish, we will do this episode again because I just feel that kind of in the continuity, if we were up to like the eighth season or up to the 19th episode, it would make more sense of us with storylines in this, you know, particularly around people like Pratt and the whole green situation, obviously, you know, Carter and Abby and Luca and things like that. It's going to make more sense for us on paper that if we ever do get through 15 seasons of ER, that we will kind of focus on this again. So if you're listening to this, you're downloading going, fuck, I love ER. (laughs) Yay. Finally, they're covering like a random episode of ER. We are probably going to ignore a lot of the ER stuff and jello over it a lot because it's not really going to make sense for us to talk about it and I will be absolutely honest with you given that I haven't rewatched ER probably in a good five six years that I'm not going to be as knowledgeable on it as I would be had I been watching these in order so um yeah but like yeah I think same here I think kind of I'm glad you're like no offense to Brandy but I'm glad you're doing this one with me Darvell because I know you're an ER fan whereas Brandy watches that shit set in Seattle with McDreamy so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck you, Grey's Anatomy. Like, Kim Raver, I'm glad you did it. But, like, fuck you, Grey's Anatomy. Exactly. Um, but just just yeah. a brief background here, I think, kind of on a few... Go, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I will say that, you know, hey, I'd be... I'm telling you right now, I, I'd be down for... I'd be down for covering ER. It, I mean, should look, you ever de- should you ever decide to do it? Look, I, again, I, it'd be a dream. Like just like Third Watch is always a dream for me. The difference is Third Watch is six seasons. ER's fifteen seasons. Uh, you know, I mean, I think honestly, uh, one day, one day, one day, when I'm old and retired and rich and don't need to worry about living and stuff like that. But um, unless you know a millionaire buys the Oz Network and wants to pay me to do it, I'll gladly do it. Sheik Haid of Bahrain or something like that. Um, I don't know if that's a real person or not. <laughs> that was slightly racist or not. But anyway, um, I I think we probably end up doing something like 24 before we end up doing ER. Uh, just because, I mean, I think on my grand ratings of television shows, ER is like my third or fourth favourite TV show of all time. Maybe fifth. I don't know. It always goes around a bit. But um, I'll, I'll just kind of a brief background here of ER love for ourselves, I guess. And we'll kind of talk a little bit about this episode as well. Um, ER was pretty much the first adult show I was ever allowed to watch um, and I kind of, I don't remember specifically when, but it was some point in the mid to late 90s that, you know, his little young Ben got to watch and my mum used to watch his show, it used to be on a Thursday night here in Australia and uh, I, Same here. I remember she used to tape it and I would always get to watch it and then I remember when we'd walk to school, mum and I would talk about it, like who's your favourite character, who do you like and all this sort of stuff, so it was kind of that and then um, you know, I, I watched it all Who was your favourite character? We'll get, we'll get to that uh, I, you know, I watched okay, it all sorry. watched it all the way through uh, and then kind of, it, it was one of these many shows of course in Australia that 
you know, Channel 9 who showed it here just got <coughs> sick of it, so they kind of shafted it, moved it around. I think it might have become a summer show here. Started showing late at night, sort of towards the later. I don't even know when this ended in Australia, if they even showed it finishing. So it got to a certain point where I would just download it with the US and kind of, you know, watch it. But I watched it religiously right up to the very end. I never stopped watching it, even through kind of the seasons towards the end. Uh, I, I've always stood by the fact that I think ER remained very solid and similar for at least 12 or 13 seasons. A lot of people say it kind of lost its way when, you know, Clooney left and uh, people like that, but I completely disagree. I think this remains a very solid show for the majority of its run. The last couple of seasons kind of did lose their way slightly, and I do think a lot of that comes down to, like, this show went for 15 seasons, people. That's crazy for a drama. We're not talking a reality show here. This is a freaking, you know, drama. And like yeah, that, that would never happen today. No, and I, you, I mean, well, Grey's Anatomy. As much as we hate the show, that's actually I think about to break ER's record. Sadly, for long, I mean, that's about up to season fifteen or something ridiculous like that. Um, but I think, like, the thing too with ER is that I think it had a very solid finale. I think the fact that its final oh, episode yes. was a great finale. Uh, I think they, they did a great documentary on ER. I remember it aired about the same time as the finale, kind of looking back on all 15 years. It aired the same night. Yeah, I, I always appreciate... The finale itself was two hours. I always appreciate the fact, too, that with ER, that you got all the originals kind of coming back for the final season in one capacity. Like, there was always that long-going whisper, like, would Clooney return because he's such a big deal now? And he did, and that was great, and things like that. Um... But, yeah, I think, we, I think kind of also the thing we should mention here, Darvell, as well, that, I mean, ER was the biggest show on TV for at least, what, six, seven seasons? This was a big deal. We talk about Third Watch kind of never hitting the highs. Looking here at the 15 seasons run of ER, its first, top, its first 10 seasons, this show was always in the top 10 most watched shows of the year. Uh, it started in 94, was the number two show of the year. Then 95, 96, it was the number one show on television. Dropped to number two in 97. Went back to number one in 98. 99, it went to number four. 2000, this is season seven. Clooney, I think, left in five. This was still the number two show. And then this season that we're about to cover an episode of, season eight, was the number three show on television. Then it went to number six, number eight. And it really only <coughs> dropped out of the top 30 when it came to season 13. It went to number 40, 54. In its final season, it was the 37th one. So this was a fucking big deal for a television show. At its peak, the number one show in America, 1996, average viewers, 30.79 million people. That is more than the population of Australia. So, like, I understand TV viewing habits were a lot different in 1996 than they are to 2017, 2018. I understand that with how it's developed. But, like, 30 million average viewers. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. This, that, this that show was, was a big, huge. That was a big deal back then. Yeah, this show was mm. huge. This was the biggest thing in the '90s, basically for television. I would say. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't help but wonder because, again, you know, we always, we always talk about Third Watch never really getting the respect it deserved and all that. What if, random thought here, what if NBC? Had moved ER an hour earlier to like not to nine to nine p.m. Speaking in Eastern Standard Times here, and 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 had it air as a lead into Third Watch. Uh, Do you th- that look? It could have, but you've also got to understand that ER also aired in the midst of uh, <clears throat> NBC's you know famous must-watch TV, if I'm not mistaken. And this was Thursday night, yes. so you had Friends. Yeah, I think Seinfeld also was not on it. Was that on a Thursday? Like. I mean, NBC dominate. No, I think Se- I think Seinfeld was a Wednesday. Was it? Was it? What was the other one on Thursday night? It was Friends. I know Will and Grace. Frasier. Frasier. I, I didn't know if Frasier, Frasier was NBC, but I know Will and Grace also kind of like Thursday night yes, on NBC, NBC just NBC. owned television in the nineties. So um, look, it would have been an interesting thing. I think it could have worked, but it just maybe comes down to did NBC ever have the faith in Third Watch that they did for ER? Because uh, look, it's 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 kind of just interesting mm. to look at the viewpoint. I mean. ER is ultimately all. I think they did it first. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to you've got to give them something with it because you know, at the end of the day, it's basically created by half the team that did ER. You know, they've gotten enough faith in the the world's connected that they do these crossovers. So it's kind of like it's very similar back to back. And I, you wonder if like maybe they should have aired this back to back on like just these two episodes that we're about to cover because they these weren't aired on the same night. 
Uh, these were aired sort of a couple of days afterwards. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. That would be something that would be great to chat to someone like John Wells, who obviously, you know, was involved in both of these shows uh, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a very good... I don't I mean, know. Because le- leading up to when Third Watch actually premiered, I mean, I read, can't tell you where, but I read on I read somewhere online that throughout the summer, throughout the summer of 99, they were actually promoting the hell out of it. There's one promo floating around on YouTube that I found kind of promoting this show, like the the premiere of it. Uh, and I think, like I've talked about a lot on the Third Watch episodes, is that uh, the reason I watched Third Watch was because it was done by the people who did ER. I'm like, oh, this looks good. And then my mum got into it as well. Um, and I think, too, the thing with ER that also connects me personally, the reason I love this show too so much as well, is as a mad Jurassic Park fan... Uh, ER was created Michael by Crichton. Michael Crichton, um, who actually basically wanted to do ER um, as a movie. Uh, and then he wrote Jurassic Park, and he basically um, had to... He sidestepped uh, around making ER into a movie to work on Jurassic Park. And then Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, actually um, helped on ER at the beginning and then kind of turned it into a television uh, pilot instead. So it's interesting to note that I wonder if people realise that Steven Spielberg was also loosely involved in the process of creating ER. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a Michael Crichton fanboy. Uh, Sad that he's no longer with us. Uh, But, like, yeah, I just... Yeah, he, he died... He, when was it that he died? Around the same, around the time ago. ER was concluding? Maybe about 2008, 2009. I think he's... Uh, 2008, yeah. Nearly been gone for 10 years. Time of listening to these people, it's been basically 10 years since he died. That's that's crazy. Um, but yeah, just a genius. Like, I'm, not a, I'm honestly not a big reader. I'm not a big book fan. I just don't... You know, it's kind of an ongoing joke on this show that Ben doesn't read. But, uh, you know, Michael Crichton is... Often people ask, who's your favourite author? I'll say Michael Crichton. Um, but yeah, I mean, just quickly, I mean, we're kind of going over ER stuff. When do you remember when you watched ER? Kind of like, was this a thing you watched growing up or how you came about it? Um, I saw it, I saw it here and there, um, because my, my dad, my mom and my dad, they actually watched it a little bit, but, um, the first episode that I really remember watching, and I couldn't tell you what season it is, but... The first episode that I really remember was one where I think it's I think it's Dr. Pratt and another one of the doctors I forget her name and Dr. Pratt's friend they're being chased by the they're being chased by these uh, by these guys who are shooting at them and they crash their car into the Chicago River. I remember that. Yeah, it's maybe Neil. No, no, Neela was with um uh uh oh, I've gone back there. Yeah, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not as knowledgeable on episode sort of names and seasons. I mean, I would honestly get to certain seasons of this and watch an episode and it feel like I'm watching it. Because I probably only ever rewatch because it's such a long show to rewatch uh, once. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But that, like, just, it's, it's interesting kind of, though, just um, like with episodes I remember. And that's what got me into it. Got you into it. Was that? The, there was one episode that I remember, and we've talked a little bit about this recently, uh, at least at the time of recording this. This would be a long time ago <laughs> for our listeners if you follow us regularly. When we're doing the Santa Claus uh, episodes, uh, the guy who plays Bernard in those, I can't remember his name, the actor at the top of my head, but uh, he, of course, was a psych patient in the two-episode arc where he famously stabs Carter and Lucy, and, of course, sadly, Lucy dies. And I, I remember I had that episode taped because Carter was my favourite. To go back to the question you sort of said, I loved... Love, love Carter. He's always, always my favourite. Love Noah Wiley. Just always love that man. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of remember that episode because I was like, oh, no, Carter can't die. Um, so, yeah. Um, there's other episodes. Like, I mean, Love, Labor, Lost is kind of often regarded as one of the greatest television episodes of all time. Um, you know, there's plenty of other episodes, too, that I remember. I remember Serena Williams was in an episode that had a plane crash. Um, in Chicago, and Serena Williams was a plane, somebody on the plane. Um, there was, I, I remember kind of, I think it might be the episode actually that aired after this from memory. It's the one where they're in Hawaii, because of course, uh, kind of spoiler alert, if you want to watch ER, um, sadly Dr. Green dies. Uh, but the episode, that's two episodes after this, on the beach. I remember this episode where they're like, they're all in Hawaii. And kind of, it's just about Dr. Green and his daughter, Rachel, who I had a mad crush on growing up in. Um, but yeah, it's, um, 
God, there's so many things that just comes to mind when I think of VR. But, like, you know, we've talked about kind of just the, the cast and everything like that. I mean, this is the show that launched George Clooney. You know, we've talked a little bit about kind of here on Third Watch when they watch TV and there's George Clooney and that's Yokus's man, George Clooney, um, which is kind of just, it's weird sort of to think that George Clooney exists in this universe, even though in, in like, they kind of connected, he's also was Dr. Ross. So, uh, I mean, everyone loved Clooney. You know, he was in it for five. He was a charismatic guy. I mean, everyone loves him in real life too. He was just basically playing himself. But like the whole, um, you know, George Clooney, you know, Juliana Marguerite's st- love tr- sort of story was great. Nice little storyline. I-, I love Dr. Benton. I loved Eric LaSalle. He was one of my favorites um, as well. So, um, yeah, and I love and Dr. Michael Romano. Beach, Michael Beach was originally supposed to play him. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. He was. and Because he talked about it. Well, you and I were just talking about off-air about the uh, the interview, and I'm pretty sure he talked about that, because he was saying about how him and Eric LaSalle are, are good friends. And, of course, um, I remembered Michael Beach's character, because we've talked about how Michael Beach was in ER. He was... Um, so there was... Oh, what was her name? Was it Jeannie? Was the, um, the African-American doctor who had HIV... In, like, the earlier I don't seasons. remember. But, like, her husband, boyfriend, whatever, who gave her HIV was Michael Beach. That's who Michael Beach was in ER. Uh, and I remember him. So, um, yeah, there, there's plenty of third watch. Like, Kobe Bell, I remember, was in an episode where he was, like, a, a patient who he, got, like, he, an erection or something like that when somebody was giving uh, him a... Yeah, because he because he was... He had... The, his, the patient was... Uh, I guess he had been... It was suspected that he had testicular cancer or yeah. something, and one of the and one of the female doctors, I forget who it was, examined him and he and he and he got and and he got hard and was apologizing. Yeah. And, yeah. and she was like, and she was like, it's okay, it's a normal, it's a normal reaction. Yeah, yeah. I always remember that one, and um, <laughs> I think we we went over this that uh, Josh Stewart. Uh, would be in an episode of this, like, towards... He, like, he held people hostage and everything. So, a lot of Third Watch actors are in ER, not as, you know, their characters, because obviously we now know that this exists in the same universe <coughs> because clearly, you know, we're going to have this. But kind of uh, outside of all that, I will say that um, I remember this being advertised. I remember they... I was watching this under my house in this rumpus room that we used to have. And then, of course, they do the whole, like, you know, next week, special event, it's a crossover ER third watch. And I just... I lost my shit. I remember running upstairs and... Mom, 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 look at this. Like, I was, like, you know, 15. I just absolutely... So I went out and bought a VHS tape, ready to tape it. Because I think here in Australia, they might have aired it on the same night. Um, so I was just so... And I had this on VHS, and I would watch this back and forth religiously before I had any other copies of any other Third Watch episodes, you know, uh, before this. So, yeah, I was so excited. I don't know if you would remember this being advertised or kind of anything around that back in the day, but, yeah, I was so excited. No, because back back then, um, I actually didn't watch... This was back in the time, you know, where I didn't watch Third Watch. I mean, I knew what it was, but I just never didn't watch it. Got around to watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess when you eventually got around to this, uh, kind of, did you know that this was a crossover? Like when you kind of got to uh, Unleash, did did you know that it was a crossover? Or were you thinking like, oh, this is a bit weird? Like, what's going on here? No, I didn't know it was a crossover. So you're like, why is because Susan Lewis from remember, ER in this episode? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Actually, when I first when I first blazed my way through Third Watch, I don't even remember watching the ER episode. Hmm. It, I don't. I don't think I even watched the ER episode. It's interesting because I think I've mentioned about a hundred times about the medical investigation crossover in season six. I've never, at the time of recording this, seen the medical investigation half of it. So I just always kind of, you know, take. I think. I think that one to me is a little bit lesser. You don't really need to know too much in that one. I mean, I might be wrong when I eventually watch the medical investigation episode, but this one, I feel you need to know more. But um, I remember kind of... Have you gotten it? Not yet. At least at the time of recording, I haven't really looked to be honest. But um, I. I, I remember kind of... I did think kind of when I watched this for the first time, I was like, oh, I wish they had have involved more of the ER people. Um, but I think kind of it's it's kind of clever what they do because there's nothing really else you can do more so with this storyline. 
um, unless you got third watch people like flying to Chicago or something like that. But the thing that I, the thing that's kind of I like about this, remembering this as an ER fan, which is clever with Susan Lewis's character, is with her sister Chloe. Like this is not like they've just brought this out of the blue and gone, "Hey, guess what? Susan's got a sister. Oh, she just happens to be in New York." Like if you actually watch the early days of ER, Chloe's a fairly regular character. And uh, from memory, you actually do see her daughter as well around about when she's born. Because um, Sherry Springfield, Stringfield, who is Susan Lewis, um, she she left. She was the first regular, like the main cast member to ever leave ER. Uh, but then she came Apparently back. Apparently the fame scared her off. It was kind of like, was it David Caruso was in NYPD Blue or something like that? And he kind of left early. Yes. That was mainly for a movie career. But yeah, it was because... Yeah, like going on how big this show was. Like our your original main cast from like season one really stayed strong for the first three seasons. That was obviously Anthony Edwards, uh, George Clooney, Sherry Stringfield, Noah Wiley, Juliana Margulies, uh, and Eric LaSalle were sort of your main five. I mean, you know, people who kind of associate this. Like you look at Laura Inns Weaver. She kind of was a guest in season two and was a regular from season three. Uh, Jeannie, who I mentioned before, she was a guest in season one, became a regular for about another five seasons. And Ming-Na, who was obviously, you know, uh, Dr. Chen, she was actually a guest. She was a nursing, uh, a sh- not a nursing student, she was a doctor a student in season one. And I remember she worked closely with Carter and then she kind of came back later on. So, um, yeah, she- anyway, my point is, Sherry Stringfield was a main, she left and then she came back. And I, I read an interesting stat about her that she was the... Uh, technically the first main cast member to ever leave the show, as in original, and the last original cast member to leave the show because she came back in this season, season eight, and then she left again in season 12 and kind of came back as a guest star in uh, the last season, as pretty much everyone did. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, I'm rambling. So I I like Sherry Sherry Stringfield is a great actor. She was um, nominated. I, she was one of the ones early on who was constantly nominated for Golden Globes and Emmys uh, in ER. And as an ensemble cast, you know, they kind of spread it around. But she never won one. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you kind of remembered too much of Susan from... Uh, I mean, she was never one of my favourites in uh, ER, but I still didn't dislike her either. No, not really, because like I said, I've never... I've, I have actually never watched... ER all the way through. I mean, I've seen episodes here and there throughout, but I've never actually gone through it from the beginning. Right. I've really wanted to, though, you know, just so I can see, you know, how it how it all started and where the whole show went as it progressed. Mm-hmm. I've I've been wanting to get I've been wanting to get all this. <laughs> Leave it to me to do this. I know most people stream things now, and I stream some stuff, but I still like my DVDs. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I still, li- I still like my DVDs. I've been wanting to get all the seasons on DVD for some time now, but have just never been able to do it. And look, people can correct me if I'm wrong here, because, again, I'm not a streamer. I don't do Netflix <clears> and things like that. It's just not been something I'm into, but I- I've never seen this on, like, Netflix or, like, one of these things. And I, I would... I think it's weird with ER, because I can't... I know it's on iTunes. Oh, okay. I feel like... ER kind of has gotten forgotten about, like, and we live in an age that nostalgia is king, you know, like, you you think about things like Seinfeld and Friends that have remained so relevant, even 20 years, basically, since they've been on the air, because they've just got such a fan base, and (laughs) married with children, is, you know, you're right, like, I think kind of, it's mainly, maybe it's a sitcom thing, but I even think about things like, you know, other dramas, like, um, you know, the West Wing kind of has always remained fairly cult statusy. Uh, you know, other shows, and these are maybe more early 2000s shows, but The Sopranos has never gone away with its fandom. You know, Six Feet Under, these shows that kind of were big in the late 90s and early 2000s. CSI, I mean, it's still on the air, so I guess kind of it's... Is it still on the air? No, that ended, didn't it? No, CS, CSI, CSI got... CSI ended a couple of years well, ago. Well, CSI was kind of like... The only time that ER wasn't the number one show on TV was Seinfeld, basically, in was the 90s. CS- but then it got overtaken by oh. CSI in the early 2000s, and that's kind of when it dropped down. Because mm-hmm. so, that's kind of, I think, when crime shows became king in the, in the 2000s. And then, like, reality TV, of course, as well. But, 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of... God, it, I hate reality TV. I find it so... F- or at least what... Pe- at least what passes I find it so fascinating that ER kind of has just dropped away from, like, people's consciousness. And it's like, maybe it's just a medical show thing. It's just not a... Because, like, this started so much with medical shows. Like, Chicago Hope was kind of the um, the rival of ER in the in the 90s. It kind of, you know, Mandy Patinkin and things like that. And that was fairly successful. I, it never was as big as ER, but... You know, and you'd argue Third Watch obviously kind of has its medical stuff, given that it's co-created. But um, anyway, we're talking so much here about AR, and we haven't even started about the episode here. We're, we're basically half an hour in, and I said this is going to be a short episode. I think kind of what we'll do kind of in just going over the storyline. So what I'll briefly kind of just cover with some of this ER stuff, because then we'll focus on the Third Watch side of things. So... Again, if we ever go over ER, we'll do this episode properly in the future because we're really going to gel over the ER storylines here. Um, kind of, you know, it's it's it, it, when it comes to sort of like the background stuff with Luca and Abby and kind of, you know, the very confronting previously on scene where we see this guy punching Abby kind of through the door. And I, I do remember it was like Abby's ex-husband or boyfriend who kind of abused her and then she was an alcoholic and obviously there was kind of this love triangle going on between Car- uh, Carter and... Yeah, it was, it was kind of, you know, that's kind of the Luca side of things. And I, I vaguely remember, I think, Carter and Abby get together for a slight while but it was only always really Luca and Abby and I'm pretty sure from memory that they leave together and they have a kid and again I'm just trying to remember my ER memory uh, and the other sort of stuff that's going on in this episode, Pratt, who is a Mackay Pfeiffer, who's one of my favourite sort of mid-season, mid-sort of run characters. This is actually only like his second ever episode I'm reading here, so it's kind of interesting. He'd go on yeah, to- Yeah, I think so. He'd go on to be kind of a major character in this show, and, um, yeah, like, I always liked him, uh, kind of, you know, as I said, Ming-Na there as Deb, like, she was always kind of a, a fun character. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of, this is what Pratt was when he came into this show. I mean, let's be honest, Pratt was a Pratt. He basically was just (laughs) cocky and arrogant and kind of just full on. He didn't listen to people and just, you know, just like that. And I kind of like this. Mm -hmm. The thing that I love about ER2 with Carter is that, you know, when we first get Carter on the show, he is the med student. He's young, he's naive, he doesn't know what he's doing and he develops into, you know, this like chief of chief resident and kind of the one who basically is teaching we see him teaching Pratt here so it's kind of he's come full circle in eight seasons and things like that so obviously that's kind of this the storyline the storyline going on yeah. there when it comes to those two and Pratt just not listening um so there's that we've obviously got Gallant there Sharif Atkins he's kind of like he's also kind of new around the time of Pratt, and he was kind of the good guy, though. Remember, he was, like, in the military. He was, like, a, a Marine or an Army person that always got caught off. Uh, he had a relationship with, um, oh, God, Neela, the, um, the, the oh, I've gone blank in her name, the, the Indian actress from Bendit Light Beckham. Anyway, she was great. I loved her. I'm just going over my ER knowledge here off the top of my head. Um, the storylines in that of that, we obviously kind of have... Um, this guy, this kid who's obviously on ventilator, and that kind of connects us in with Dr. Corday, Alex Kingston, who I had a mad crush on. That, of course, is Dr. Green's wife. And at this point in time, Dr. Green's in Hawaii, dying because he had a brain tumour, and he'll die in this season. Spoiler alert if you ever watch ER. Um, <coughs> so that's kind of the ER stuff really covered. I mean, I don't really think there's a whole lot for us to talk about around this, as I said, because we're not covering ER. We're here for the third watch stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add on any of these ER storylines. I think it's kind of... I know I've not... I've avoided Romano, of course, too, with kind of, um, Carrie there. I think kind of from memory, this this is when Carrie was, a, like, came out as a lesbian not that long ago before this, and that's why, obviously, Romano's kind of being how he is this episode about getting, um, you know, publicity in that. I know you messaged me saying you hate yeah. Romano. I fucking love Romano. Romano's just one of these dicks who you meant... He's kind of like a Carlos, except probably more out there than Carlos... <coughs> But he's just, he has such a, a weird story arc, but he shows compassion when he wants to. We see it in this episode when he's basically like, yeah. you know, go off and be with him and like, oh, anything I can do, pray. Well, not really my strong suit, but I'll, I'll make an exception this time. So anyway, that's the yeah. ER covered. Anything I mean, you want to add? Like that, I did like that exchange. Yeah. I did like that exchange, even though I don't like Romano. That was a kind of a funny exchange between him and Carrie. And something else that you would you would not see today that would not pass oh for sure like the, the lines he's talking about like lesbians <clears throat> and stuff like that yeah absolutely you're right it wouldn't pass but um 
I think what's interesting to kind of in watching this episode and kind of being so used to watching Third Watch, the thing with ER when you watch it with a compared with Third Watch is that eighty to ninety percent of all ER episodes take place in the same building because it's a hospital. So like we're always basically yep. in the ER, the emergency room. <clears throat> so it's kind of a different vibe, isn't it, to kind of always constantly be within one vicinity and kind of always just have, you know, dramatic sort of medical stuff all the time. It's not <coughs> split up by like cops and firefighters. So um it's always interesting to watch kind of this and but ER was just great with the dramatic sort of scenes around, like, you know, surgeries and emergencies. That's why it's called emergency room. And just even, like, the, the mm-hmm. makeup effects. Like, we're obviously doing Nip Tuck, and we constantly talk about the, the effects and that. But that's plastic surgery, so it's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of not as life-threatening as this. But, like, the scene when um when when Pratt and Gallant, like, are just sort of dramatically involved and Pratt's just being a Pratt and they, you know, spread his chest and the way Abby's just kind of like, uh, Carter, your students just uh, spread some guy's chest. Like, the the graphics, like, the, the makeup is amazing in terms of, like, it looks so gross and realistic. So, um... Yeah, I'm rambling here. I get excited. Yeah, that, when I think that, about was one, that was one thing that ER. That was one thing that ER got a lot of praise. For, oh yeah. They, by all accounts, by all accounts, they were very realistic and therefore sometimes extremely graphic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anything more you really want to add here. I think kind of it's if, if no, not really for ER fans. Yeah, it's kind of the, the beginning of the end for Doctor Green. Kind of when Cordae gets called away, uh, and again, it leads to a great episode if you ever want to go through ER. Excuse me, in a couple of weeks' time, um, or two episodes after this, I guess, on the beach. It's kind of one of the more iconic ER episodes. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's sort of the ER stuff. Again, we'll do this episode again if we ever do ER, but the third watch stuff kind of really, which we, we're here for. So, um, Dr. Lewis, Susan Lewis, Sherry Stringfield, um, she gets a message, uh, from her niece, uh, Aunt Susie, Mum's sick, we need a doctor. Got to go. Bye. So she's all worried about this. So she basically um, has a brother in New Jersey. Calls up to him. Then they uh, get a Chicago cop. We kind of get a bit of tracing going on, and we find out that the call came from the fifty fifth precinct, and they're going to connect you through there now. Now, this is where I have a question because they say, and I've written down, do they not say it came from the Upper East Side in the fifty fifth precinct? Is that what they said. Yeah, I think so. Which, uh, Upper West Side of the 55th Precinct. Now, we've kind of gone over this in Third Watch that you've never got a designated area because it's kind of always on the fly because King and Arthur do not intersect in real life. Uh, We get scenes where they're in Brooklyn. We get scenes where they're in Queens. And we get scenes where they're in Manhattan. And, like, to say the Upper West Side of Manhattan, like... The 55th Precinct is obviously a very big precinct in the New York City region, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I think we've got to give a bit of creative leeway here, because, again, it's never specifically defined. It's just New York. No. And for TV purposes, yeah. it's TV purposes. So, anyway. Um, so, I love it here when they uh, she calls through... And this is when we get our first third watch scene. And the thing that I found interesting, too, about watching this Darvel is that obviously season three of third watch has never officially been released on DVD. If you have season eight DVD of ER, you've got kind of some crystal clear looking images of ER, a third watch, because obviously you and I are sort of watching season three on not necessarily legally acquired (coughs) copies of these episodes. And the quality isn't as good as what we've enjoyed in season one and season two. Uh, so it's kind of, it's very interesting all of a crystal clear third watch again from like we did in the first two seasons. So anyway, we have Swirsky answering the phone. Boss goes uh, in, he's, you know, complaining about some jerk from the second watch, doesn't wiping the benches. Um, Bosco's back basically <laughs> to being Bosco. Um, mm-hmm. on the timeline here, of course, you know, he's had some troubles this season, but this is kind of Bosco back to being Bosco. Um, and he's basically got to take a missing persons report. Uh, and he's like, oh, this is Officer Boscarelli. How may I help you? Ma'am, calm down. Ma'am, calm down. Um, I do like this setup, though. So, basically, the setup for this episode is, as we just said, Dr. Lewis from ER, from Chicago, her sister and her niece have gone missing. So, she's reported this to the New York cops, and she's going to fly to New York to help find them. So, it's kind of a nice little setup. Um, and we're going to see kind of the next scene here with uh, Susan. She's basically, yep, I've got to go. Sorry, I'm going to catch an 11.30 flight to New York. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we get. And can I just say, random fact, I've been on that set of, uh, well, driven past that set. So it, the difference between ER and Third Watch is that Third Watch was completely filmed in New York. It was not done on sets, except for, I guess, sets in New York. Whereas ER, of course, was filmed completely on the Warner studio lot in Los Angeles, and they did exterior shots in Chicago when they needed to kind of like, you know, walk around the bean or something like that. So um, that, yeah. that set where she runs out and you kind of see the bay, the ambulance bay, uh, when I did the Warner tour, uh, 2010, which was like a year after ER finished, uh, I've seen that. So I've seen kind of, they had the famous sort of like uh, track to the L train and kind of the ambulance, but it still was all there when I was there. I don't know if it's still there now because it's been nearly a decade since it's ended, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tiny as all TV sets are really when you kind of see it. So, um, they always make it look bigger. Yeah. Um, but very cleverly done, I think. But anyway, so, um, Susan, next scene we hear, Susan's in New York. She's sitting in the, the five, five, and we see like this random perp get shoved down next to her and she's kind of like, oh, what's going on? Um, and then we sort of have Bosco and Yoka's talking. Bosco, oh, there's a big gun show this weekend, you know, should come along. And Yoka's just like, uh, no thanks. Um, and then, so Swirsky's basically like, hey, you know that, uh, lady for the missing report you had? The, she's here now. And it's like, what? The doctor from Chicago? She's here. It's like, oh, take her out and drive her around. And kind of, I love, you know, typical Bosco doesn't want to do it. And kind of Swirsky's just basically like, oh, she's a doctor from Chicago. We don't need that sort of, you know, stuff on my shoulders here. Uh, and I love, you know, Lewis is basically like, have you found them? And Bosco's like, oh, you know, I made a few phone calls. And she's like, well, no, I called up some places this morning. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's funny. I just love this setup, you know, because yeah. you know, it's obviously being all calm, you know, 90% of the time this turns out to be fine. And, you know, she plays the tape and obviously that, um, you know, Bosco and Yogis hear it. We hear about sort of the cop in New Jersey. And like, oh, I've called them out in New Jersey. Did you try the hospital? Oh, isn't that your job? Um, I just kind of love like Lewis standing up to Bosco. And then I just I just love this bit where Lewis is like, oh, can I come with you? And Bosco's like, no. And Yoko's like, yes. And she just like looks at Yoko's, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fun little moment. They yeah. work so well off each other. I just kind of, you know. They like, do. I always, I always wanted, like, I always wish that maybe it was like, card I got to interact with Bosco. That would just be fanboy orgasm for me there. But, um, you know, Lewis does well. I think I, I appreciate Lewis more. After, uh, you know, this whole sort of, uh, scene. Uh, anyway, so we kind of got Bosco crossing the road, going off at people. I, I swear they just deliberately overplay Bosco this episode for ER fans who maybe don't watch Third Watch. Because, like, you know, we get a lot of kind of classic Bosco in this episode. Crossing the road, jag off. You know, we're going to get this scene in a minute where he's kicking the person's chair. So, like, I think they deliberately over-dial Bosco this episode, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which is nice. Maybe to, maybe to try to see if more people would be drawn into Third Watch. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so he comes back in the car, has this bit of scene with... um you know, with Lewis and kind of, they just have this conversation. Has she had any personal problems? And we, this is where we first find out that she's a drug addict. She's been clean for five years. Uh, and then kind of, you know, Bosco and Yoko just kind of roll their eyes a little bit. And then obviously Bosco makes a very good point because like Lewis is like, well, no, she's clean now. She's responsible. And then Bosco's like, well, if, you know, she's so responsible, why are you here? Uh, which is a very good point. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I just, I just, I, the thing that I think kind of, I don't want to nitpick because I just I just enjoy this so much. But like, would this really be a thing that they're allowed to have this random woman ride along with them? I kind of feel this wouldn't be probably not. Be against like even you know I know Squirsy's kind of lying like oh a doctor from Chicago we don't need this like who is a doctor from Chicago to them like nobody <laughs> like so what I kind of feel that like the NYPD protocol would not permit this. <laughs> but yeah, probably not. I mean. Different scenario, but um, when I back when I was back when I was in high school, I wanted to job shadow a TV reporter at a local tel- at a local television station, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do but I couldn't do that because one of the possibilities was that I would have to was that maybe she would be assigned to ride in the station's new to ride in the station's news helicopter, uh. and they yeah kind of be a bit of a liability, you know. What if the helicopter went down and they had a civilian in there? 
True. Naturally, I, I understood. I understood why they had that in place, but I'm not going to lie to you. I was pretty bummed when I found out that I wouldn't be able to job shadow this this report. Always wanted to do a ride along with like a cop or an ambulance, just like for you know general. I think it would be interesting. Like we know, obviously, like these actors kind of did that with this as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there have been cases here in Hobart where I've you know. I think somebody from when I was at the newspaper did a ride along with a cop and for stories and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, the difference between Hobart and New York is that, for the most part, Hobart cops really aren't going to come across exciting stuff. Um, whereas, you know, New York, it's nonstop. Um, so, anyway, so we get this great scene. Bosco goes up to this uh, guy. Hey, Daryl, seen any junkies around? And kind of like, you know, just baiting this guy. And then we kind of get the shot of uh, Yokus and uh, Susan in the car. Oh, you know, Bosco, he's not really that bad as he seems. <laughs> and then he just kicks this guy's <laughs> shit down. Oh, get up, you fell down, stupid face. <laughs> Go get the owner. <laughs> fucking love this. Yeah, that's the... Um, for some reason, I was thinking of a... I was thinking of a different a different drug dealer. Wasn't there one from, like, season one of Third Watch or so that was in a wheelchair? Oh, yeah, that was... Um, oh, the actor, the famous guy, uh, Will Arnett. Uh, yeah, no, this different guy. Um, Will Arnett's probably famous by this point, so they can't bring him back. But, um... Yeah, no, I just love... This is just classic, but we have not had this in a long time. And I just kind of love the way no. Yoko is just so, like, calm. She's just like, would you excuse me for a second? <laughs> and then, like, goes up to Bosco. And Bosco's just like, Daryl wasn't being helpful. <laughs> uh, and then Yoko's just like, you need to calm down. Like, you know, we've got someone watching us. Uh, then we get this guy on a bike of a neighbourhood watch coming up and just like, oh, you know, you're here to finally clear Ooh. up all the... The prostitutes and what does Bosco say? Like, oh, I think the politically correct term is street something or other. I can't remember what he says. And it's like, oh, you know, you can clear up the drunk guy outside the deli. Oh, do you have pictures? Oh, we can't help if you don't have pictures. And he kind of just like mm. goes on and ki- and pay and pay attention to this guy. Yes, he is somebody. Pay attention you need to, to this neighborhood watch week. guy. Uh, and then Bosco kind of has a bit of a snap here about helping, you know. Um, <clears throat> trying to find this woman. And what does he say? Like, oh, maybe she's just hiding from a controlling lunatic of a sister. <laughs> Poor Lewis is getting called out here by Bosco. <laughs> uh, so, if I can just scroll through my notes here in terms of all the ER stuff. Um, uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, so we, we get uh, Bosco and Yoga chasing down another sort of dealer, and basically was it Olag or something like that? Don't, you know, I want to ask you a few... Olag, Oleg, something like that. He's Russian. He works for Chevchenko, probably. Uh, Ask you a few questions. (laughs) Probably. We have a bit of a car chase. We've got to have a a chase and a foot chase really here for an episode of VR again, for as you're saying, people who don't watch Third Watch need to know what this show's about. Um, But I do love this bit where, like, shove him on the bonnet of the car, he's bleeding all over, and Bosco's just like, oh, you know, illegal narcotics, what's going on here? Um, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm not good with faces. I don't know if anyone was... Oh, no, he says I've seen them, like, maybe an hour. Maybe she was there. I don't know. Um, and then I do kind of like how, you know, Bosco's like, oh, respect respect the badge, you know? Like, uh, you know, you're bleeding all over my car. And then kind of just... And Lewis... Lewis... And then Lewis is like... You prob- you might have broken his nose. <laughs> Dude, Bosco has a great reply of, nah, he was always that ugly. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, classic. So good, so good. Um, meanwhile, uh, they're still searching around. They're kind of at this area with like a, a hollowed out school bus and all these homeless <clears throat> sort of, you know, drugged out people, which is all sad and kind of Bosco's line of, welcome to urine town. Um, and then basically they search for all these people. It's kind of, it's a sad scene with all these sort of strung up people, but they find Chloe. She's in the bus and she's, uh, all completely, um, taken out of things. I should mention. Cracked out. There was a scene that I did miss at some point. They went to a hotel and kind of saw all the old, uh, needles and everything there, which obviously was the first kind of inkling that Chloe was using again. I kind of miss that scene. Um, so then we get, um... They call for a bus. There's no little girl. We see Taylor and Kim. Uh, and then, obviously, Lewis is kind of getting in the way a little bit. I can do it. I'm an ER doctor. And then, basically, you license in New York. No, we can't do this. Um, and then she wants to ride along with Taylor. But she's like, no, that's not protocol. Sorry. So, they're like, oh, yeah, we can ride. Take you back to the hospital. And Bosco on Yoke's car. But then Taylor changes her mind quickly. You know what? Get in. 
Um, and kind of she invites Lewis into the back of the ambulance with Taylor. Now, listen to our Amy Carlson interview because uh, Amy Carlson does talk a little bit about this episode. She does mention that she was a big fan of ER, so working with uh, uh, Sherry Stringfield was a big honour for her. So, um, yeah, it's kind of yep. nice to hear and, that. And actually, you know, she says, you know, are you licensed in New York? No. Well, then, fuck you. I mean, that was kind of what she said at first. I mean, does it really make a difference where you're licensed? I would guess there would be legalities around that. Uh, kind of maybe going back to your point about the helicopter. Like, I mean, I could say, well, does it really matter? I mean, what are the chances of the helicopter crashing? Like, one in a thousand. But it's always that off chance that something happens that they would get in trouble. So this would be the case of she's a doctor. Nothing's probably going to go wrong. She's going to help. But on the off chance. Like, what if this was the doc neck brace situation and she's not licensed in New York? So, you know... Um, there's going to be some legalities around that. Um, and I think this is where maybe US differences to Australia, because I can't imagine this would be a thing in Australia. If I'm a paramedic in Tasmania and I happen to be in Queensland, there's no legalities at all. We don't give a shit. I'm just a paramedic. So, uh, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. It has its pros and cons, but, um, Mm -hmm. that would be where I would assume it is the issue, uh, around that. But, um... Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, but uh, obviously uh, we're kind of in the ambulance now, and uh, Susan's wanting to help out, and tells us basically, "You sit there on your hands, you know." Uh, and I love Susan here, like, "You're not helping. You're hurting her." Like Tuber, and kind of, you know, Taylor just stands up, like, "Look, we're good at this. I promise." Um, and I don't know if you noticed, like Kim Kim Raver sounds very croaky here. She sounds like she's got a cold. Um, she's like, "How are we doing?" Like when she's in the front. Yeah, seat. well, she she sounded she sounded like that back in Thicker Than Water too. Yeah. So maybe she maybe she hasn't recovered. Maybe. Or maybe she got another one because she sure didn't sound like that in um, uh, the Greater Good. No, exactly. So I'm guessing like maybe that's why she doesn't also have a lot to say in this episode because like she's got one line. She sounds terrible. Um, and I just you know Susan going. It hasn't really been a good couple of weeks for Taylor, has it? And ran doctors. Uh, you know, the difference is, no. <laughs> the difference is we don't really need to kind of preach this one about them being women because it's a, it's a, you know, a woman and a woman here. So it's kind of how it works. Um, uh, meanwhile, we're in the hospital. Uh, they've gotten her there. Chloe's okay. She's got the track marks on her arm. She wakes up and she's obviously talking to, to Susan. Where's Susan? I had a dream you were here. And Susan, and, uh, Susan obviously says like, you know, where's Susie? She's with me. It's like, uh, no, she's not. Um, so she doesn't know where she is. And then kind of we get Chloe here sort of saying like, oh, he took her, you know, he broke my heart and kind of sad. And I want to just point out here the actress who plays Chloe, if I can find her, Kathleen. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember her name. Kathleen Wilhoit, if that's how you say her last name. Great actress. She does really, really well. And she's been in other things too. I can't remember what she's been on, but, um... She, she's definitely been in other things. But, yeah, she, I mean, again, she played Chloe for multiple episodes. This, just looking here at her, um, the episodes, this is actually the last time you ever see Chloe in ER. Uh, I, I mean, wondered about that. Technically, you see her in Third Watch. But, um, yeah, previously to this, she actually wasn't in an episode uh, of ER since, uh, what season was this? Season 2, episode 20. Fevers of Unknown Origin. So that's kind of how long it had been since Chloe had even been in ER. Uh, and before that, she was in, I think, like, looking here, about 15 episodes. So, yeah, as I said, she was kind of a regular sort of side character in the early days of uh, ER. But uh, anyway, so she's a great actress um, here, I will say, for Kathleen. Great job. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of um, the, the setup here, obviously. You know, oh, he broke my heart. I'm so sorry. I screwed up. Yeah, Chloe, you screwed up. <laughs> so like it's like oh and she did she kind of did um then we get this great last scene i love just this shot of susan overlooking new york it just looks amazing yokus obviously you know uh talking here about the uh officers canvassing the precinct and you know she sort of says to yokus that oh she doesn't remember anything and she asks uh, susan asks yokus where's your partner out canvassing out canvassing and um can i just point out so she says here to yokus uh, when's your shift over? It was over a few hours ago. It's daylight now. So um, let's just hypothetically look at this. So they've found her, you know, their shift usually ends around 11. Say it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 6, 7 a.m. right now. <clears throat> so, like, has Yoka's been out all night looking for this girl? Is that kind of what they're implying? Possibly. 
Yeah. Possibly. It's it's I mean it's the kind of thing it's the kind of thing she'd do. Yeah it is, but it's kind of I just like how she says like, Oh, it's, it was over a few hours ago. Like shouldn't she say like, Oh, it was over last night? Uh anyway. But um then we kind of get this line, Susan says she's only six years old, and we get this great shot of them just staring over the city, looking at the city, and it's kind of cut to black, that's it, that's our episode of ER. So I'm sure ER fans kind of have never watched Third Watch, going like, oh, well, where's the resolution, if you didn't know this was going to be like a, a concluded episode on Third Watch in a couple of days' time. But, um, I mean, the Third Watch stuff is great. We obviously <coughs> basically get no ER stuff in the Third Watch episode next week besides Susan. So it's not like we cut back to the Chicago hospital to see anything next week for the Third Watch side of things. So it's kind of, it's interesting that Third Watch, in a way, kind of gets all the the love out of these this crossover episode in many aspects but um yeah it's it's yeah. a great it's a great episode uh, of ER it's a great episode kind of connecting with third watch and uh yeah it's thoroughly enjoyable i think definitely <clears throat> anything else to add or we get to the evil review section no now yeah, evil review we are reviewing this as an episode of ER i will say so we're not going to kind of put this as third watch like you know 19.5 so again if one day we ever come back to do ER we will probably still review this episode. It might change over the grand scheme of things. I don't know. I'm just going to jump in here and say I'm buying this episode. I think it's an episode of ER. This is a strong episode. So, um, yep, yeah. I don't definite know. buy here, too. Yeah, well, there we go. So, we're kind of both on that bandwagon. I don't obviously need to reference anything in regards to, like, uh, you know, where this ranks on the grand scheme of episodes because this isn't an episode of ER. A third watch. This is an episode of ER. So, I'm not going to rate this on my third watch episodes because that's kind of a bit weird to do. So... Uh, yeah, both a buy from us, and, um, yeah, that means that next week, well, actually not next week, today, you can now download this straight away, because we've released them both on the same day, uh, we conclude this storyline in an episode of Third Watch, and we also obviously get some Third Watch stuff on this episode, it's Unleashed, episode 20, uh, basically we conclude our Lewis storyline here with the Chloe and the kid, but, of course, we also get a little bit on um, Jimmy and Joey. Joey's last episode. Um, so, if, you, if you're a big fan of Christopher Fidel, Scott Fidel, whatever his name is, Demon Child, uh, his last ever appearance of Joey, uh, except for mm-hmm. random kid who plays Joey in the background in the finale of Farewell to Camelot. Uh, and Tatiana is back mm-hmm. next episode. So, um... Yeah, yep. that's what to look forward to. Anything yep. welcome, to mention on Unleashed? Back, Anything else to mention on Unleashed, or shall we close it out? We shall close it. We'll be back right now, essentially. Stop listening to this, download that, like us on Facebook, follow us, Twitter, subscribe, everywhere else. And, of course, uh, when it comes to um, leaving feedback, we'd appreciate that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. My name is Ben, and I'm going off to France with some Vietnamese twins right now. <laughs> Wow, can I come with you? No. (laughs) My name's Darvell, and... Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.